Everybody, we are back. This is episode 270 of the Dark Windows podcast. My name is Kevin. I'm Kevin. And this week, we just drafted for the the Asshole Eliminator tournament coming up in March. Yep. We um, did. And now it is for the main Kevin's episode. Kevin's turn for the episode. What do you got, bud? Well, for this week's topic, while looking around for a topic to cover, as you do. Um, and if you, sorry, let me stop right there. If you have are a patron, oh yes, you can. And you listen to this week's episode, the one that I did, not the one that Kevin did, but the one I did, titled got, "The Tony Love Vietnam Experience." Yes, um, sounds like a really, really weird like a band that's gonna have a lot of brass horns in it. You know what I mean? Maybe or something. Brass horns and screaming Vietnamese people. Yeah. Okay, I'll go with that. Yeah. Um. So if you if you listen to that, you'll get a little bit of a, a hint as to what this topic is. But if not, that's okay. But if you really want to, you know, get the hint and listen to that before going over to patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast. $5 a month gets you access to that episode and the other 103 other than that that we've done on yeah. Patreon. Um, pretty good. Yeah, very good. Cup of coffee a month, man. You get an extra episode every week, except for the week before last, where we didn't do one. But then you get two this, this week. week. Yeah. So you got a treat. Yeah. So the topic part, well, the overlying topic that I alluded to um, in the Patreon episode, I had no clue about it at all when it came across my radar and I kind of was like all right let's start looking into this and look at some stuff okay. you know watch some things uh and the topic I'm referring to is this group called Mac V Sog so M A C V dash S O G yep okay they were bad Which, bad um, men if you don't know they are uh, that's okay. If you don't know who they are, no fear. I'll just, I'll just tell you. Uh, Mac V Sog, Mac V Sog stands for Military Assistance Command, Vietnam Studies and Observations Group. This, Which is a super fucking innocuous name, considering what these guys do. Yes. Um, matter of fact, I believe that we've covered at least one person so far that was part of Mac V, and that would have been Roy Benavides. Hmm. Um, and I think they took, um, the SOG thing, they, they took that and they renamed that into, um, special operations group, which is like where your Delta seals, Rangers, all those guys kind of fall under the same yeah. umbrella basically. But, well, that's, so th this group is a very high, was a very high, highly classified group that performed and carried out, uh, Pre-conflict and during conflict, unconventional warfare attacks. Correct. And, uh, and the conflict I'm referring to is Vietnam. Fucking Nam. Uh, Mac V. Sog was formed on January 24th, 1965 to conduct covert operations in the Republic of Vietnam. Uh, South Vietnam, to be more specific. Uh, the Democratic Republic of Vietnam, North Vietnam. Yep. Laos and Cambodia. 
The operations that they would carry out were to capture the enemy, rescue downed pilots, conduct rescue operations to receive POWs throughout all of Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. and conduct clandestine agent team inve- uh, activities and psychological operations. So basically, they fucked with people yep. a lot. Yeah. Um, and if you needed a group to go in to go get that said group, this was the group to go do that. Yes. Because these guys did not exist. They were expendable. These were like, uh, I'm not sure if Delta existed yet. Yes. Okay, but they're they're like on the same tier as I'm Delta. I'm actually going to tell you who uh, who was part of this. Okay. In just one second. Sweet. You, 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 you were, you were right, you were right on the track. But you, you mean like, so instead of having like where you have like your army rangers here and your navy seals like up here. You have, like, Delta and MACV are, like, similar. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, Delta and MACV are... Inter- if you were Delta, you joined into MACV. Yeah, interchangeable if operators. Were, if you were... Anyway. Um, so, the unit would eventually... Cons- uh, so, actually, let me just jump back. They were created by the Joint Chiefs of Staff as a subsidiary command of the Military Assistance Command, Vietnam, MACV. Uh, the unit would prim- would eventually consist primarily of personnel from the United States Army Special Forces, so basically Delta. Yep. Um, and would that also include like the Green Berets too? Possibly. Technically, yeah. Okay. Uh, the United States Navy SEALs, the United States Air Force USA- USAF, uh, and uh, see the general the CIA. And elements of the Marine Corps Force Recon yeah. units. Talk about some bad motherfuckers right there. Um, but th- this is also like the infancy of the SEAL teams. Um, they were still like basically underwater demo guys. Yeah. And then they're like, well, we can use you to, to fuck people up instead. Yep. Uh, the Studies and Observation Group, as they were initially titled, yeah. was uh, in fact controlled by the Special Assistance for counterinsurgency and special activities so shorten that up to s-a-c-s-a not very much shorter it's yeah it's also also not a not a uh a sexy sleek acronym no so uh the s-a-c-a had control and his staff at the pentagon having the command be uh uh set up in this way was beneficial because it allowed more control of what the group did for operations. Oh, and this control went from this one guy, this one little group, all the way up to the very tippity top, to the commander-in-chief himself. Yeah. And he basically called most of the shots for these guys. Uh, The group's mission statement, so to speak, was to execute an intensified program of harassment, diversion, political uh, pressure, capture of prisoners, physical destruction, uh, acquisition of intelligence, generation of propaganda, and diversion of resources. Also, oh yes, and and this was all against the Republic of Vietnam, yep. Democratic Republic of Vietnam. Yes, commie Vietnam. Yes. Uh, teams were given a variety of code names, uh, U.S. United States, U.S. states, um, so they you know consisted of U.S. states, poisonous snakes, weapons, tools, or weather effects. Okay. Uh, supports 
support troops on site provided logistics, signal, uh, medical, and military intelligence support. You're in Team Overcast. Yes. Aww. <laughs> uh, each mission was unique, uh, but also, but most followed a similar tactical profile. And this was after being alerted of of a mission, the reconnaissance team was briefed and conducted detailed planning, rehearsals, inspections, and training, uh, and then, you know, any time permitting. Right. Um, teams were in- inserted by helicopter into the target area. Uh, team leaders were Americans and designated as one zeros, so ten. Yep, so be your team leader okay. then. Uh, American assistant team leaders and radio operators serving as one ones. So that answers our question yep. from the Patreon. Uh, or one twos. Indigenous groups were zero ones or, oh, I'm sorry, zero ones, zero twos, and so on. Uh, teams were given considerable latitude regarding tactics, uniforms, and weapons. So they could basically, what? I can't. I fucking. Can't. I don't know. You know what the fuck he's yelling about, but he is just. Damn. He's going off, man. He is. He's letting you know. He's letting somebody know. Um, so basically, what I mean by giving this latitude was they could, you know, any form of tactic or whatever they felt that they needed to, um, use to get the job done. They were like, hey, uh, what's that? Uh, um, uh, uh, something Blanc. Um, uh, fuck, my brain just went, you know, dumb. Um, damn, never mind. Okay. I don't know. They, they were basically given a blank checkbook to commit violence as yeah. needed. Carte Blanc or whatever. Carte Blanche. Yes, Carte yeah. Blanche. Um, basically, you know, open, yeah, open checkbook. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and any, te- any weapons. I mean, come on. Being able to use any weapon. Because Ugh. at this time, you didn't have to use that stupid piece of shit fucking M16. The M16A1 was absolute dog shit. And that was during this time. Yeah. So, personally, I would have been like, listen, give me a fucking grease gun. Because they were still using them in Vietnam. Because yeah. that is, uh, I mean, it's a forty-five. And the cyclic rate on it is it's it's weird because it's not yep. fast. It's clock 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 clock, and they're they're fucking cool. I mean, they also man, that are just mm. they also I mean, M fourteen because well, they were they were using those sixty five. So this was I don't know if this was like M sixty. I think oh yeah it was. yeah the sixty was around. Yeah, so they had to get the, they got able, they were able to use the sixty probably a short early version of the MP five. Well, it was, um, um, I can't, I'm wondering if it, if they would have had a Swedish K. You ever seen those? Uh, no, but I think they had an MP5, though. I don't know if the MP5 was around yet, but the closest. Or maybe it was too early for that. Right. Still. Um, maybe later on, um, as the, as so the war went on. I know that they would have, they were running these in some spots, the Carl Gustav, uh, Swedish K. Okay. Um, which. I watched a YouTuber who got his hands on one of these, a civilian version of it, go, you know, he's like doing his video and he's like, hey, so I've seen a bunch of people online 
uh-huh. t- talking about how since this is basically just a tube, which it is, it's it's if you took a fucking Sten gun and rotated it the correct way and put a stock on it. Um, he's like, if you take the buffer tube out of the back and you throw like a D cell battery in it and then put it all back together, it turns it full auto because it it shortens the spring. Yeah. So it is it it a. It's not technically full auto. It's basically just your your weapon bump firing itself. He tried it and it fucking worked and it was incredible. Huh. Um, but the Swedish K was a badass little submachine gun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they would have had like the grease gun, the M, uh, the M14s, which. Yep. Oh, yeah, dude. True. Oh, man. Yeah, they would use M14s. Every time I've ever I seen an M14, I automatically hear fucking Creedence Clearwater revival in my head. Well, yeah. Well, I think this has probably been like the first part of it they would have. Yeah, for sure. I'm pretty sure they ran the the M14 all the way through because it was it just based on the reliability of it. Hmm, I don't know. You know, maybe. But then eventually they got the M16A2, which was or no, the, the M16A1, because the straight up first M16 is the one that they started with, and that one sucked balls. The A1 was decent. Then the A2 and so on yeah. just keep getting better. Uh, so. Yeah, so they had you know could do whatever they want. And of course, even, even have even have fancy uniforms, you yeah. know, different like, you know, fucking jeans and beards. Yeah, you know, whatever they wanted. I mean, I guess this is probably like the start of the whole like being able to have a beard and because you know, during this time it was you know you were strict by the number you shaved every morning, no matter if you were in the jungle or but not. But you're blending in. Yeah. So you just look like a normal fucking dude. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so captured enemy equipment was often used when when captured because, I mean, why not? May as well. Uh, vital communications were maintained with a forward air control, fixed-wing aircraft. Such airplanes coordinated for close air support for immediate extraction if a team was compromised or upon completion of a mission. Which, if you actually listen to our Patreon episode... Patreon.com forward slash Dark Windows Podcast. Um, you would have heard two stories of how um, Tony Love and his unit, or units... Either way. No, it's two units, I think, I guess. Um, how... You know, how they got extracted or and they got um, inserted into... Um, right into the uh into the field yep um so you know kind of kind of interesting you know to see how to learn how they were put in versus and yeah. taken out um because um, a lot of the times like when they were going in somewhere like real fucking hot and they were coming in on a helicopter the helicopters wouldn't touch ground they would no. hover you know three four feet off the ground so that they could get out of there because life expectancy of helicopters in vietnam was pretty fucking short yeah um I but bet. it's but Vietnam's when they got well, you know one of the first attack helicopters they had right. a Cobra right but you weren't you weren't bringing people in in a Cobra no. you were bringing people in in a Huey yeah um and I, I want to say that at the beginning of of our involvement with in the war the um life expectancy of like a NCO like a sergeant or whatever in that neck of the woods was like thirteen minutes once you hit the ground in combat. Just pretty not fucking good. I don't know if it was. It was. It was. Know. It was quick because they they targeted leadership, which is well, if I you're going to fight a guerrilla war, that's the way to do it. Well, you know? if it was like a captain or lieutenant, I think that was probably like about oh, that. E- even like they saw anybody like doling out orders, they automatically would target them. Yeah. But 
you're fighting a guerrilla war. That's what you got to do. Yeah. So a mission, uh, uh, for the most part, sometimes would last between three to five days. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good period of time yeah, to be yeah. out in the out in the shit, yeah. as they refer yeah. to it. Out in fucking Indian country for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Sog was all volunteer, and personnel would leave without prejudice. Could leave without prejudice. When such is the case with Tony Love, where he, you know, volunteered to join because he didn't want to, you know, do what he was doing. He's like, I'm not meant for this. Fuck that. Yeah, he's like, "Uh, (laughs) uh, I don't want to hang out with hookers and drink. Yeah. (laughs) I want to go do stuff. So the first commander of the group was Colonel Clyde Russell. Uh, Russell expected to take over a fully functional organization and assumed that the CIA would see the military through any teething troubles. His ex- expectations and assumptions were not correct because it's a new, new organization, new group. And with any new group, there's stumbling blocks. There's of course. hurdles yep. and shit. Growing pains. Yeah. The contribution of the South Vietnamese came from in the form of SOG's counterpart organization, which was uh, had a, a great amount of different titles, and they finally ended in with the uh, Strategic Technical uh, Directorate, STD. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, so, gonorrhea. <laughs> the gonorrhea battalion. Yep. After a slow and shaky start, the unit got its operations underway. Originally, these consisted of uh, continuation of, of the CIA's uh, agent infiltr- infiltrations. Uh, teams of South Vietnamese volunteers were par- parachuted into the north, but the majority were captured soon after their insertions. Maritime, uh, maritime operations against the coast of North Vietnam picked up after the delivery of Norwegian uh, built, quote-unquote, nasty class fast patrol boats <laughs> uh, to, like to the unit. But these operations also fell short of expectations. Now, as everyone heard, uh, probably has, if you haven't, you've been living underneath a rock or you're just so young that, you know, when you went to school, they never talked about it, um, which, well, for the most part, when I was in high school, no. No, we never talked about Vietnam. Or you had history um, teachers that refused to teach you about anything violent in American history, which I had that, and that was the biggest waste of fucking time class yeah. I'd ever taken. Uh, I actually didn't learn about Vietnam really until I got to college um, and took history classes there. Uh, but if you haven't heard about how we, how we the United States got involved in Vietnam, or as some would say, uh, the so-called war, because yeah. uh, it was basically really what they refer to as a conflict or a, a police, police action. action. It was a war. Yeah. You don't lose 55,000 men in a, in a police action. It's a war. Yeah. You no. know. Uh, did we have to be involved in it? No, we did not. So what got us into it, if you don't know, uh, and what I'm referring to is the Gulf of Tonkin event. Mm. Uh, if you don't know what happened, well, let me fill you in on what happened. So on August 5th of 1964, um, as two unprovoked attacks by North Vietnamese torpedo boats on the destroyers of uh, Maddox and 
uh, Turner Joy of the U.S. 7th Fleet. And that led to the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution, which allowed President Lyndon Baines Johnson. Lyndon Butthole Johnson. We've discussed this before. Sorry, Lyndon Butthole Johnson. (laughs) To greatly escalate U.S. military involvement in uh, Vietnam. Now, this is what everyone was told that had happened. We all know now that this was just a front for what really happened. And it was just a tactic to get us into Vietnam since we considered that region to be an area of influence. Yep. And um, his predecessor didn't want to get involved in the war, which is why he got fucking killed. Yeah. So what really happened um, and basically forced Johnson to make the move of going to Congress to get us in the U.S. involved in Vietnam did have everything to do with the boats. So remember those Norwegian fast boats that yep. I referred to? Well, those little buggers come in handy, and they were the ones that were used. Mm. Uh, this is what I, uh, this is what really happened. And I have to be honest; it was nothing that I thought had happened or was told, and or I should have say it was explained to me um, that it happened. All I was told was that the the whole boat being sunk was all a lie. Um, and it was. What really happened was, to get it all started, was on the night of July 30th, 31st. So, like, around, like, close to, you know, midnight. The 30th into the 31st, yeah. so. Uh, late, late. Of July 1964, four SOG vessels shelled two islands. Han Mi and Han uh, Nahang Nguyen off the coast of North Vietnam. You know what? You probably mispronounced it, but it sounded good, so... We'll go with it. Okay. So. Oh, it's probably. No, I'm sorry. It's Han Nu, not Han what I said. But still, you had enough confidence in it that I was like, that's probably wrong, but it sounds good. (laughs) It probably is. You know. I'm probably, I am probably pronouncing them incorrect, but. Since neither one of us are fluent in goddamn Vietnamese, I wouldn't imagine either one of us is going to say it right. I am not a wordsmith. No. No. Uh, So this was the first time SOG vessels had attacked North Vietnamese shore facilities by shelling them from the sea the following afternoon the the destroyer uss maddox began an electronic intelligence gathering mission along the coast of north vietnam in the gulf of tonkin Mm. on the afternoon of the 2nd of august three p4 class torpedo boats of the vietnam people's navy came out from uh, han mi and attacked the Maddox. Maybe. No, they did. Uh, the American vessel was undamaged, and the U.S. claimed that one of the attacking vessels had been sunk and that the others had were damaged by U.S. carrier-based aircraft. So actually, so um, I didn't really say it, but what really happened in here was that these – so um, – the two boats did the attack, and then some more Viet- – the Vietnamese had come out, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, shit, that's a fucking, you know, destroyer or whatever. Right. They, like, skittered off. Well, being, you know, antagonist- antagonistic fuckers that we are, we went back in, and we 
didn't shell two islands. We shelled the mainland. This time we shelled two, uh, in, you know, intelligence operations or whatever. Right. Um, and then this is when they were like, all right, motherfuckers. So then they came out. And then the Maddox was like, stepped up and was like, yeah, you ain't doing shit. And then they were like, hey, we're being attacked. And um, the fuck what I don't know what the carrier vessel it was, but it was like, all right, we're gonna send, we're gonna scramble two jets or whatever, and we're right. gonna fucking bomb them, you know, run, yeah. you know, that's what we do. So that's what happened. Um, on the night of the third to into the fourth of August, three SOG vessels shelled targets on the mainland north of Vietnam, which is what I just spoke about. On uh, the night of the 4th of August, after being joined by the destroyer USS Turner, uh, U- Turner Joy, sorry, Maddox reported to Washington that both ships were under attack by unknown vessels, assumed to be North Vietnamese. The last Fair. attack uh, was what led Johnson to go to uh, Congress, which led then led Tuna, uh, the end result being the passage of the Southeast Asia Resolution, better known as the Gulf of Tonkin Resolution. Yeah. Now, let's stop right here for a second. Because those said vessels that they were supposedly under attack by mm-hmm. were not North Vietnamese. No. 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 I know. Shocked face, right? God damn it. Um, they actually were... Uh, those Norwegian fast boats? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And they weren't attacking them. They were just coming up to them. No. Yeah, no. I know. I know. God damn it. Why would Why would we ever lie? I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's insane. Uh, so Johnson's announcement of the incidents involving the destroyers did not mention that SOG vessels had been conducting operations within the same geographic area as the Maddox immediately before and during that cruise. I mean, omission, you know, of of information. It's a need to know, and they didn't need to know. No. I mean, they wouldn't understand anyway. Nope, (laughs) not even a little bit. Uh, Neither did he mention that on the 1st and 2nd of August... Loatian aircraft flown by Thai pilots had carried out bombing raids within North Vietnam itself. So you're trying to tell me it's Thai bombers that are right here? Yeah. <laughs> Thai fighters? No, you said bombers. Uh, Thai fighters would have been in MIGs. Uh, or, no, you know. They're, the... Thai fi- they're Thai pilots, so they could have been Thai fighters. See? See? Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Because if I remember correctly, the Thai bombers are the ones that had, like, the ball in the middle. But instead of being straight up and down for the wings, they were, like, kind of, like, uh, like C's yeah. on each side. Th- those are fucking badass. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite ships in Star Wars. I like the Thai. Thai fighter. I, they're, they're both cool, but the, the Thai bombers are pretty fucking mm-hmm. rad. And, of course, I mean, the X-Wing is, like, it's the X-Wing. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The A-Wings are cool, too. Those are the mm-hmm. little ones on Hoth. True. You know, I think my favorite though of all the of all the fighting vessels would have to be, um, uh, the Adat. That was a ground-based vehicle, though. Yeah, but that was my favorite. I don't know. 
I like Slave One, but I don't know if you're allowed to call it that anymore or not. And they've been trying to change mm. it. Which you is can't. Fucking stupid. Sorry, you just can't do it. <laughs> it, it is okay. It's, it's now, dumb. before we go on any further, because I have to, you know, I mean, I have to ask this. All right, big ships. We're gonna call it, you know, outer space ships, the big ones. Are you going to go with Rebel Force or? No. The Star Destroyers are fucking awesome. Yes. Rebel ships sucked. They did. They're dog shit. Fucking big round nose pricks. Yeah, they're dumb looking. They're dumb. They were dumb. They didn't actually have any fucking, like, you know, imagination. So, like, when it came to (sighs) dog fighting, let's put it that way. When it came to, like, dog fighting craft. I'd give it to the I'd give it to the rebels because like the X wings are fucking excellent. Yeah, yeah. You know, I definitely to... liked them better than uh, whatever the fuck Vader drew flew. I don't. Like that was that. that was a Tie Fighter. I didn't really like it. I mean, I, I, I didn't mind those. It was it was good, but it wasn't. Um, it wasn't better as good as the X wing. No, no, no. The one I didn't like was. Oh, what's the fucking? There's another one. It was really fucking goofy looking one. Um. I don't remember now. When it comes to ground vehicles, the speeder bikes are the goddamn best. Mm. My favorite. Also, it's my favorite, you know, Stormtrooper helmet, too. So that mm. kind of helps. But you know what? Both of those are better than that fucking ship that the Naboo had there. Oh, the stupid yellow things? Yeah. That was, oh, that they're was dumb. dumb looking. That was really dumb. So dumb. It looked like one of those uh, fucking... Um, or the uh, the Polaris slingshots or whatever. Yeah, it's like a road legal snowmobile. You have to wear a helmet on. Yeah, oh, they're so dumb looking. Weird. Weird. Uh so the Thai pilots get back to this. So the Thai pilots had carried out bombings in, within North Vietnam itself, or that a uh, the so they didn't he didn't mention that, or that SOG agent teams, uh that SOG agents teams uh, had inserted into the same relative area and had been detected by North Vietnamese. Okay. Hanoi, which may have assumed that all of these actions signaled an increased level of U.S. aggression, uh, decided to respond um, because it had claimed that the area of the Gulf of Tonkin was its territorial waters. Who is North Vietnam? Huh? Yeah. It makes sense, yeah, because that's where... Yeah. Um, so, thus, the three P-4s were attacked... were ordered to attack the Maddox. Right. Okay. Uh, the second in- incident in which the Maddox and Turner Joy were claimed to be attacked never took place. Like I said. They didn't, you know, where I said, you know, the Norwegian boats, and they didn't actually, you know... They no, miss... The, miss, miss uh, Identified them, and they weren't actually attacked. Well, yeah, they weren't. No, attacked. no, I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting here in shock, silence that that we weren't actually attacked the second time. I know, you know I know. It's so. Although some confusion uh, rain, uh, was you know going around at the time of the second attack, the facts were very clear to administration by that time. Uh, that it went to Congress, that they had to go to Congress to obtain the resolution. Okay. Uh, when confronted by Senator Wayne Morris, who had discovered the existence of SOG's 34 Alpha Raids, mm-hmm. uh, 
McNamara pretty much just lied to him. Yeah, yeah. Stating Secretary of Defense will do that to you. Yeah. He stated <laughs> this quote Our Navy played absolutely no part in was uh, no part in was not associated with and was not aware of any South Vietnamese actions. Uh, yet both uh, Commander in Chief Pacific Command Sin C Pac C I N C P A C uh, and uh, he were uh, were well aware of possible connections, at least insofar as they might have existed in the minds of the Hanoi leadership. These events were not disclosed until the publication of the Pentagon Papers in 1970. Okay. Holy shit, so it was five years later? Yeah. Jesus. Uh, so I think we're going to take a break right here. We'll come back and we'll finish this up. So the last aspect of the SOG's original missions consisted of psychological psychological operations conducted against North Vietnam. The unit's uh, naval arm picked up northern fishermen during as searches of coastal coastal vesticles, coastal vessels, and detained them on Kulao Cham Island off Da Nang, South Vietnam. The fishermen. Uh, were told that they were, in fact, still within their homeland. The South Vietnamese crews and personnel on the island posed as members of a dissident northern, a northern communist group known as the Sacred Sword of the Patriot League, SSPL, mm-hmm. which opposed in the takeover of the Hanoi regime by politicians who support the People's Republic of China, PRC. These fucking guys and their acronyms, man, I'm telling yeah. you. Uh, the kidnapped fishermen were well-fed and treated, but they were also subtly interrogated and indoctrined in in the message of the SSPL. Okay. Okay. So after two week a two-week stay, the fishermen were returned to northern waters, this fiction was supported by the radio broadcasters of SOG's Voice of the SSPL. Leaflet drops and gift kits containing uh, pre-tuned radios, which could only receive broadcasts from the unit's transmitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's some crafty shit. I know. I'm, I'm also just realizing and remembering that anybody that played uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, like the first one, if you played multiplayer, when you played as Americans, you played as Mac V. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's true. SOG also broadcast Radio Red Flag, end quote, programming uh, purportedly directed by a group of dissident communist military officers also within the North. So basically they fudged, you know, yeah. saying, hey, you know, this, this is what this is, but it's yeah. really not. Both issues Learned a bunch of lessons from... Uh, fucking bay of pigs and just figured out how to do it better this time yeah better in air quotes yep you know both stations were uh, equally adamant in their uh condemnations of the prc the south and north vietnamese regimes and the u.s and called for a return to traditional vietnamese values straight news without propaganda embellishment was broadcast from south vietnam via the voice of freedom Another SOG creation. <laughs> uh, now, so wait, hold on. 
Okay. They're running a propaganda campaign. Uh-huh. Then they're also giving out actual news. Yes. To counteract themselves. Yes. So they have to decide. You have to decide which do you believe. Right. And which is more believable. Which one's the propaganda? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Uh-huh. Goddamn that, psyops. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've kind of... They figured that shit out pretty good, apparently. True. Now, let's jump ahead to 1968 and Nixon becoming president. Oh, which is yeah, unfortunate also. <laughs> yes. He wanted... Jolly fuck. He actually wanted to end the war... Uh, but he also knew that he needed to buy some time for the Saigon government to get established and complete the phased withdrawal of troops yeah. that had already begun. So he had like it was a double-edged sword, you know. He had he wanted to wait for this, but then he also he had to new he had to wait for that. So I mean, it's one of those things. Uh, he also wanted to show Hanoi that he meant business. This would come by overthrowing Cambodia's prince. Uh, sh- uh, God damn it. I tried to pronounce this before, and I was like, not really good at it. Uh, Sai Hanouk. S-I-H-A-N-O-U-K. Yeah, okay. Okay. Don't know. Uh, by the pro-American general Lon Knoll. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, close enough. Uh, I mean, NOL. Uh, Nixon uh, would extend the involvement of Cambodia by authorizing the secret operation. I'm oh, sorry, by by authorizing the secret operation menu bombings, and by the time of, I'm just call him uh, Sai, uh, being ousted, the program had been in operation for 14 months. Uh, Lan Nall promptly ordered North Vietnamese personnel out of the country. North Vietnam responded with an invasion of the country uh, launched at an explicit request of the uh, Khmer Rouge following negotiations with uh, uh, Nguyen Che, I believe. Nixon then authorized a series of incursions by... U.S. and South Vietnamese ground forces that began on the 30th of April. With intelligence on the communist base areas in eastern Cambodia uh, gleaned from MACV SOG, huge stockpiles of uh, PAVN arms. Which were, uh, yeah, they were uh, North Vietnamese. Yep. Uh, Arms, ammunition, and supplies were overrun and captured. In May, Operation Freedom Deal, a continuous aerial campaign against the Pan Van slash Viet Cong and the Khmer Rouge was initiated. SOG team, uh, recon teams in Cambodia now had an all, all the air support that they needed. The political retribution was swift and it came with the passage of the Cooper Church Amendment which prohibited Per, uh, participation by U.S. ground forces in any future operations in either Cambodia or Laos. U.S. Participation, participation in Cambodia operations, which were already being turned over to all Vietnamese teams, yep, uh, ended in July 1st of 1970. 
and the same stipulation was to apply to Laos no later than April, uh, February 8th of 1971. The only qualification to the restrictions in both operations were in the case of either POW rescue missions or aircraft uh, crash site operations. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's something else. Holy shit. Uh, so that's the only, like, caveat. So they probably, like, lied a little bit sometimes. Oh, yeah, we're, we were going Wait a minute. P- the CIA is lying to people? Yeah, we were going. Ah, we, they've we, never done that before. We were going after, you know, uh, uh, crashed, you know, plane. Ah, they wouldn't do or, that. Or you know, there was a POW there. No, I know. No. Uh, although unknown to the U.S. public, many MACV SOG veterans participated in Operation Ivory Coast, the Son Tai uh, Pao campaign raid occurred uh, out in North Vietnam on the 21st of November of 1970. The deputy commander of the Joint Rescue Force was Colonel Arthur Bull Simmons, who create who had created SOG's cross-border effort in 1965. Mm-hmm. The American withdrawal from South Vietnam began to directly affect SOG in 1971. By early 1972, U.S. Military personnel were uh, forbidden from conducting operations in either Laos or Cambodia. Its teams of mercenary uh, SCUs continued uh, their operations in the newly renamed uh, Pho Dung and uh, Prairie Fire and Thought Prairie Fear. I don't know, man. And thoughts <laughs> not fucking Hitler in the grasslands. Yeah, in <laughs> slash Salem House areas. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't. The, ma- I can't. Fuck knows, I can't like... make up these fucking names. I mean, I, no. I... This is what happens when you let the government name shit. Of course, it's like when you let the media name serial killers. They always have to give them some fucking dumb nickname that you're like, you guys are awful at this. Yeah. Uh, the, the organization organization did, however, maintain its strength in U.S. personnel who continued to conduct in-country missions. It was also continuously tasked by the uh, JCS with maintaining forces in readiness to once again take up northern operations if called upon to do so. Eastern Offensive uh, uh, the Eastern Offensive launched by the PAVN on the 30th of March 1972 uh, made cross-border operations irrelevant. Mm-hmm. So Basically, that was what Mac V. Sog did during Vietnam and how they kind of came about. That's kind of a, a very, honestly, it's a very small amount of what they did because they did a lot of weird shit, too. Oh, yeah. But that's kind of like the origins of it. Right? Yeah, this yeah. is kind of like the origins of how this covert organization that... And how they actually you, are the ones that most yeah. likely got us involved in Vietnam in the first place. Yes, and how... If you listen to uh, the Patreon episode, patreon.com forward slash dark windows podcast. That's like number three. I'm fucking like, I'm, it's because we had a couple weeks where, man, I will, I, I was toss, just, I I'm, was off. I'm tossing that fucker up and you're just cranking out of the you park. Know, I had, we had a couple weeks where I was off and I just, I couldn't keep up with it. And, you know, I know back in the fucking saddle now, though. You are. And, um, yeah, I mean, you'll hear about, you know, like I said, if you, if you go over to Patreon, and you subscribe, and you get to listen to this episode this past weeks, and uh, you'll see, you'll listen to Tony Love and how, he, you know, he was involved 
with a couple, and there was a couple other guys. Uh, that one other guy that that won that received the uh Medal of Honor for his uh um heroic acts as part of Mac V Sog um during Vietnam there. Just for shits and kicks, I want to see if we can get a list of some dudes that were like notable in Mac V. Um course this is all gonna be like that like it's so secret we can't tell you we'd have to kill you kind of bullshit but um i can get a bunch of fucking a bunch of the vietnamese guys to help but you bastards you ain't gonna ain't gonna tell me are you uh no i got a list oh that's a lot of like Okay, that's a lot of KIA. Like a hundred and thirty-four. God damn. <laughs> they were ex- they were they were expendable. Yeah, well, yeah, you have to be. You know, you have to be at that point. But um, yeah, so we've already mentioned it before. But Patreon, we have uh, well over a hundred episodes at this point in time. Five bucks a month gets you access to all of them, and then all the future shit. Um, that's over at patreon.com forward slash dark one podcast in case you missed it. Um, you can also head over to studio studio.com and find some excellent earbuds, a couple of really cool speakers, anything you're looking for to get your audio out there, throw it in your cart, put in dark windows, 15 at checkout gets you 15% off your entire order. We would not continue to be mentioning this company. If it's not somebody that we believed in and we work with, I use not no bullshit i use mine my uh i've got the a2s i use them eight hours a day um i can usually start at about 8 30 and then by the time it's like i don't know three o'clock i've got to switch to the other earbud so they, they have good battery life to them um, i have crisp nice and clear i have i don't know which one i have i have the original i've had the nevas i've had the um the hell were the other ones started with a T. The twelve. Um Are mine the Nevas? No, no. The, the Nevas came in like the big ass like hockey puck charger. Yeah. Um I don't you know. had the at. Ets. Yeah. I had yes, also had a pair Ets. of at. Um notice how I said also I, I have had to replace these ear these earbuds before, but it's always been my own fault. There it's not that they've died. Um I've had two pairs eaten by Someone who's in the studio with us at the moment. Looking at me. Yeah, staring at you. Um, and my um, my Ets that I had, I had them in my sweatshirt pocket. I got out of my truck at a gas station, and I lost both of them on the ground somewhere in the gas station and could not find them. Yeah. So they're good quality headphones, but you got to keep them in the case and not lose them. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's the only thing I would say. I mean, I, I have a pair of the Klar headphones. And wish they still made them, but they yeah, don't. I've, got, I've got the the Clar as well. They're um, really nice. Yeah, mine are starting to because uh, I used them use them so much that yep. they're starting to actually die on me, which sucks. Because I'm gonna have to get another pair of headphones. Yep. And do they still make the other ones? No. Damn. No. That sucks. No. So, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so that that's was Mac v. Sog, folks. Hope you guys liked it. It's kind of interesting. I thought it was interesting. Um, so yeah, and uh, I guess till next. Just week. because you can't see out in the dark doesn't mean the dark can't see into you. And we are gonna go build a bracket for you folks and put it up on the Facebook page. Woohoo! Bye. Bye.